This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Thank you for joining me on this cold but sunny January day. As long as I'm president of the United States, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. The words of Donald Trump last hour in his official reaction to the ballistic missile strikes by Iran on Iraqi bases yesterday, bases which house American troops. Trump confirmed there were no Iraqi or American casualties. The attacks were in response to the U.S. killing of Iranian General Qasem Soleimani last week outside of the Baghdad airport. On the line now to discuss the latest developments, Stephen Sademan. He is the Patterson Chair in International Affairs at Carleton University in Ottawa. Stephen, thank you very much for taking the time. My pleasure. Was the retaliation by Iran meant to be as ineffective as it was? Uh, We honestly don't know. I, I, I think uh, it could have been much more. So that anytime you do a uh, missile firing like this, it sends signals. But since we don't have people inside Tehran that can tell us clearly what they were intending on doing, we can't really say for certain what their intentions are. But from what we've seen, uh, this does suggest to be sort of a tit-for-tat uh, response where they did, did something to prove that they would respond but it's not over yet. They could continue to do other things. They could have their proxies do other things. There could be cyber attacks in the future. Uh, this could be the end of this stage of it, but we won't know until we're a little further distance from it. What did you think about Donald Trump's reaction in the last hour? Uh, I think it, it's uh, an unexpectedly reasonable reaction from Donald Trump, um, but it suggests a larger question, which is why I go to through all, through all this effort, uh, because it's not really changing things much on the ground. Uh, but uh, I think his response thus far, you know, today, that one speech was fairly measured. But it raises larger questions, because why are we here in the first place? The United States had to deal with the uh, uh, Iranians, along with uh, several other countries, that the Iranians would not push their weapon systems further and, and, and would slow things down. And he didn't find that to be good enough. And yet we're now back in a situation where they're, they're, the Iranians have said they're not going to be held by the deal anymore. So there's been a lot of store, you know, a lot of stirring the pot without any real progress. So we can be relieved that at, at this moment that things are going further, but uh, we have to ask ourselves, was it all worth it? So in essence, the, the Iranian missile attack could just have been a bit of saving face on their part. Maybe even an arrangement might have been made behind the scenes. I can't speculate to whether there's yeah. any kind of arrangement. Uh, I do think that the Iranians were trying to choose... Uh, it looks like the Iranians were trying to choose a, a response that would send a signal to, that the United States should not continue to assassinate Iranian officials, but that uh, that they're also not willing to fight a, a major war at this point in time. Stephen, we'll bring on our other guest now, uh, Shuvaloy Majumder, Monk Senior Fellow with the McDonald Laurier Institute. Uh, thank you for being with us as well today. 
Glad to be here. Have I pronounced your first name properly? Brilliantly. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, how about, could we get your reaction? I don't know how much you heard of Stephen Sademan's reaction there uh, about the retaliation by Iran and how ineffective it was and what may have been behind that. No, I agree with Professor Sademan in the sense that it was a fairly ineffective retaliation, but I would argue it is imminently predictable. Uh, the Iranians are in no capacity to wage a war with the United States. And their response is never going to be in the context of world wars. It would be in the context of asymmetric warfare beyond the kinetic action of deploying missiles and troops. They will, I think, now mark the next phase of their response through uh, a lot more clandestine activities trying to subvert American power, more likely across the region than globally. But I don't think this chapter of their response has quite concluded. Uh, the Supreme Leader has threatened that more is to come uh, in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, and so I think that's something we should all be attuned to watching carefully. I was just going to ask you, until your last thought there, whether the world should feel a little bit of relief, a little bit at peace. Um, the fact they've done the tit-for-tat, everything is generally okay, um, but it seems as though we should still be thinking that there may be more coming from Iran. I don't think Iran's fact pattern is one in which they seek to be a stable partner in the region, a good neighbor to uh, the countries that they are bordering. Uh, I don't think that's the interest of the regime. The regime has pursued an explicit policy of escalation and hegemony and control over uh, their region. They've sought to destabilize uh, efforts toward uh, trying to find ways to establish a longer-term peace. They occupy countries with an almost imperial and chauvinist mindset. Uh, and I think that that is going to continue to be exactly what the Supreme Leader will aim to accomplish. Well, what's changed, I think, is that whereas President Trump and his administration had been reluctant to take me significant measures in response to sophisticated Iranian attacks across the region, whether it's missiles or uh, targeted bombings or tactical disruptions by instigating rebellions locally, uh, what, what I think has changed is that the Iranians now see that there will be costs to their intransigence. And I think that's actually a very reasonable thing to do when you're trying to confront a bully. It's important for the bully to understand that they, there, there will be costs to being uh, overly ambitious about what they're trying to accomplish. Stephen Stateman, would you like to add to that? Well, the question is, I'd ask is, who is the bully? Because the Iranians did accept a deal that the United States then ran away from. So the United States also has to figure out that it has limits to the ability to use force in the region, uh, that the missile strike last week endangered allies, uh, ultimately. And the question now is, is whether the training mission that we have in, in Iraq can go forward, because we're going to be worried about our trainers getting uh, running over uh, improvised explosive devices on the roads. They're going to be worried about mortar attacks on, on, on their headquarters. And they're going to be worried, more worried now than before about whether the trainees are going to shoot the trainers. Mm -hmm. This is a problem we face in Afghanistan, and the Canadians didn't really have much of a problem with it, but our allies did. But now that we're in Iraq and we have uh, the, these increased tensions, it may be that, that the training mission ends. and. And that might not be a good thing. This has all created space now for ISIS um, to make a resurgence if we cannot do what we've been doing in Iraq or if the Iraqis uh, decide to kick out 
the Americans because this is not over yet. Uh, the Iranians have their own domestic politics. I'm sorry, the Iraqis have their own domestic politics. And it may be that they decide that an American presence is no longer tolerated. And if that's the case, then NATO will have to go too. I asked you before the break how you thought U.S. President Donald Trump is handling the conflict so far. Some of you want to get on and talk about that. 416-360-0740. Toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Fred in Paris. Jeremy, can you lock Fred in for me there? I'm not able to uh, get him on the line. I'd like to know. Hello. Yeah, hi, Fred. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I just want to comment that I think uh, President Trump has put the fear of death into Iran. They know that when he hit the Somali, that he could hit anybody he wants. He retaliates only when he is threatened. And if they kill Americans, he's going to retaliate. And all I can say is he's cleaning up Obama's mess. But I'm glad it's him behind, ahead of the helm right now than any one of those Democrat misfits that are running for president, that are, are running him down like nobody would believe he's doing his best they should back him not run him down like he like they are all right fred thanks for your comments and i'd like to hear from our experts what do you think about that is this a partisan issue he mentioned obama not handling iran property uh, properly and now in his uh in his point of view trump is doing much better uh Chuvaloy, what do you think well Libby, i think fred is hitting a really important point here is that there seems to be a fantasy that somehow this nuclear deal pacified Iran in the region and in Iraq when all the evidence is exactly to the contrary. It emboldened Iran to be even more belligerent in how it sponsored terror and how it stood by the dictatorship of Bashar al-Assad as it conducted genocide and chemical weapons campaigns against its own people. It decided to uh, militarize the Houthi population in Yemen, causing some of the worst famine the world has ever seen, particularly in this century. Uh, and I think that the legacy of the Obama era on the nuclear deal was also uh, circumspect, meaning the Iranians were never serious about actually dismantling their nuclear weapons program. If they were, then they would have simply stopped. Instead, they produced weapons, including missiles, that had the capacity to deliver, to deliver a nuclear payload, and then displayed them in open on the streets in Tehran. Uh, so this is a regime that certainly needed to have been checked. And uh, I do think that uh, there is a level of partisanship in the air of the United States. It's a very polarized environment, as Fred had mentioned. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I think it's a bit of a double standard when it comes to assessing the performance of this administration versus its predecessor. Okay. It's Jane Brown for Libby Snymer today on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Two experts with us, Shuvaloy Majumder, Monk Senior Fellow with the McDonald laurie Institute, and Stephen Sademan, International Affairs Canadian Defense and Security Network expert at Carleton University. Stephen, what are your thoughts of Obama versus Trump and the way that Iran has been handled? Well, the challenge is, what do we want? If we want Iran to become uh, a completely passive country, uh, then, yeah, the, Iran, uh, the nuclear deal didn't do that trick. But if we want to slow down and potentially stop the uh, development of Iranian nuclear weapons, then the deal was, uh, was the best we could do, and it was sufficient. 
And so that, that's the challenge that we faced, which is how much do we want? And if we want to ask Iran to change all of its foreign policies, it's not going to do that, no matter how much we do. And by the way, if we continue to threaten the regime itself, then they're going to continue to pursue weapons to defend themselves. A lesson that everybody drew from the pattern of the past 10 years that, well, uh, Libya gave up its nuclear weapons and, and Gaddafi got overthrown. North Korea developed nuclear weapons and has not been faced any direct uh, attack. Iraq... Uh, we saw what happened to Saddam Hussein when he didn't have nuclear weapons. Ukraine gave up its nuclear weapons and then loses a chunk of itself to Russia. So it's not un- unra- irrational for the Iranians to be a bit concerned about self-defense. The fact that they engage in support of terrorism, that's been, that was going to happen regardless of the, ra- the nuclear deal. Uh, and they're going to continue to do that. This, this exchange of the past week is not going to change that at all. We're not putting Iran back in a box. Uh, and Iran was uh, let out of the box by the defeat of Ar- Ar- Iraq in the 2003. And uh, if we get kicked out, if the United States get, get, gets kicked out of Iraq, who wins from that? The Iranians. So this missile strike of the past week may empower Iran in the region by pushing the Americans further out. Let's go back to the phones. How do you think U.S. President Donald Trump is handling the conflict with Iran? Let's go to Sam in Toronto. Go ahead, Sam. Yes, good morning to you all. Well, I just want to make a point. Uh, first of all, as an Iranian, as a Persian, I just want to know. You have a saying in Persian, mullahs never face you face to face. They always use proxies and they smell fear. Okay. This is their, na- their natural instinct. Okay, the character, I'm not talking to one person, it's, a, it's an ideology. Last night, IRGC commander was saying, this is not enough. We are looking for the ultimate goal, which is the global rule of Shia clergy. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know it's comical to you, but in a lot of ways, that's what they have been doing for the last 40 years. This is not a regime you're going to have diplomatic talk. And got, this is the ideology. And in a lot of ways, the same way they defeated Shah, you know, the late Shah, mm-hmm. they took that Islamic revolution and the way they've been, uh, you know, acting, behaving for the last 40 years is time for the West to realize, get to the bottom of the nature of this regime, okay? They have proxies, or they, they never face you, of course, face to face. They use proxies in the war, uh, you know, in the war zones, and they use proxies in the media. They use proxies. But everywhere you go, Mullah will use his arms because they know they're very, very survival, uh, you know, pervy, and uh, they will use the best weak link everywhere to carry their um, term. Sam, I'd like to know your thoughts, uh, being an Iranian-born Canadian, your thoughts about the plane crash, where there were many... uh, I'm not going to be a conspiracy theory about what's happening, but listen, I don't put it past them. Let me just give you an example. Imam Reza, which is one of the... I'm a a Persian nationalist. I'm not into Islamism and all this, whatever. But what I'm saying is that uh, Imam Reza is a saint. Is a Persian Shia saint, which is the highest you could find. Just 25 years ago, Intelligence Ministry of Islamic Republic blew up, blew up parts of Imam Reza Shrine on purpose, trying to execute almost 275 political prisoners so he can tag them with being the uh, culprits behind it. They do anything. You have no idea. You have no idea the political system in Iran. I mean, it's not political. It's more like an ideological system in Iran. Sam, I appreciate. I really appreciate you taking the time to call in with your perspective. We'll take one more call before we get a wrap up from our guests. Let's go to Kathy in Niagara Falls. Hi, Kathy. 
Um, my view is that uh, he's been uh, putting all these sanctions on Iran because he's tr- been trying to piss them off right from the beginning. And I don't think it's nice to assassinate anybody. To me, that's, that's kind of a cowardly way to do something. And uh, I just think that he's trying to take uh, uh, away from all this impeachment stuff. He'll do anything to get people to stop thinking about the impeachment. And he deserves to be impeached. I can't stand the man. I wish they'd get rid of him. Kathy from Niagara Falls, thank you for that perspective. I'm going to get a reaction to your comments from our guests. Uh, Shuvaloy Majumder, your final comments? Listen, I think um, in Iran we have to make a separation between the regime and its people. As Sam had been indicating, we've got a clerical military dictatorship that has occupied the apparatus of power for the last 40 years and seeks to build a global rule for their own version of Islam. And they uh, ultimately are cowardice. It has been on display because of how they've waged war at the expense of the lives of millions of innocent citizens across the region for their mad ambitions, uh, and they must be confronted. Um, I agree with President Trump's policy of maximum pressure. Uh, I do think that the attempt at negotiation with um, an irreconcilable agenda is foolish. And at the end of the day, for Canadian interests to be served well, we must see uh, the enemies to our cause and our alliances for what they are and react to that in appropriate and measured ways. Stephen Sademan, your final thoughts? Uh, I guess I'd have to say that uh, I'm really worried about uh, the foreign policy of the United States these days, that Donald Trump operates from his gut. There's no systematic doctrine or grand strategy involved. Uh, and he has a very, very weak uh, foreign policy team. Pompeo is a hawk. And so I'm really worried about the next time, because there's going to be a next time. This is not the end of it. And he's poorly prepared to handle any of these situations. I appreciate both of your perspectives. Thank you both. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.